Welcome to the Vital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! So episode 41 is all about the power of play. Dr. Jay West and I caught up at the clinic and chatted about the power of play for self-expression, creativity and sexuality, the power of sex, play and eroticism for health and happiness. Jay takes us through her incredible history that leads her to teaching the erotic blueprints and how this is such a powerful tool to have access to your full potential through expression and self-acceptance. I really think you guys are going to love this one. So a little bit about Jay. Dr. Jay, PhD, is the founder of Kundadeva Empowered Archetypal Dance Training, actress with the Hairy Godmothers and co-founder of the social movement, The Liberators International. She has dedicated her life to inspiring individuals to reach their highest potential through merging movements such as dance and yoga with the mind through her academic research, a PhD in exercise physiology and health psychology, and erotic blueprints coaching created by Jaya, emotions through her poetry, the raw art, the art of raw desire, and the spirit through her practices of meditation and pranayama. Her offerings ultimately guide people back to the space of the heart, highlighting the beauty of vulnerability, joy of playful curiosity, and the power of speaking one's truth, and the compassion that arises from loving oneself. So we really hope you enjoy this one, and we go deep and all over the place, so enjoy. Hey Jay. Hey. I have Jay <laughs> West here with me today. And we've known each other. I was just looking at reviews, of, well, reviewing back on how we got to know each other. And this was, it would have been about nine years ago, I think. Yeah. That totally. we've known each other for. And I think, I think it was just because you were doing the raw food workshops and I was exactly. genuinely interested. Yeah. I came along, came to one, and then I was yeah. like, how do I help? Like, yeah. you know, it's like when you see something that you're really inspired by and I really love yeah. your outlook that it's not about, um, yeah, dogmatic or particular way that you have to be. Yeah. Like it's like what, what inspires you to um, be the best version of yourself? And I saw that in that time with the raw food. Yeah, yeah. So enthusiastic to help. I know, it was amazing. And I think you ended up coming through um, Sundell and yoga, the yoga, transcendental oh, yoga space. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's incredible. So nine years, and we've been through a lot in between all of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming today and being on the show. And I wanted to chat to you first about your history. And you have a history, as I said before, of rainbows and you've been sparkling in the world in many ways for many years. Mm -hmm. And your story fascinates me so much and what you've gotten up to in so many weird, like not weird and wonderful, but various, <laughs> but various like, you know, PhD science to erotic, dance to expressional a poetry to everything mm -hmm. so explain to me a little bit about how you've gotten to this point <laughs> yeah it's interesting because i don't necessarily think that there was one moment where i've gone oh yeah this is where i want to go um because i was just a natural like uh, perth grown girl yeah. who um had mum and dad 
fully supporting me. Um, they definitely had alternative views on life. They loved that we had Buddhist books in the house or they go do yoga. So I was always introduced to different ways of seeing the world from a young age. Um, very much community-based down in, in Fremantle. Mm -hmm. I then grew up, went to a private all-girls school. It was kind of just your standard, standard um, school. Yeah, standard <laughs> school upbringing. Um, and then it was just after I left high school. Mm. And it was that point, that, that fork in the road where it was about how do I create my own identity? Mm. <clears throat> and that was really empowering for me. And at that point, I actually started dancing uh, in the nightclubs and I was a backup dancer and choreographer for, for drag queens. Mm. So I kind of grew up with that very different way of seeing mm. life. Yeah. and seeing how minority groups actually interact with one another, but at the same time also studying my undergrad in science. Oh. So this is where that, that kind of like split started split to happen of <laughs> like really wanting to foster that creativity and that way of relating to different people. Yeah. But at the same point, just being fascinated by science, by like factual data. And so that took me down the road of ended up doing my honours in exercise mm. physiology. Yeah. So I was working with athletes to enhance performance with a supplement called sodium phosphate. Yeah. And that was just the whole research process, uh, process was really, really fascinating for mm. me because it wasn't, we have all of the, the facts and then we just write about it. Mm. It's, we have an idea, let's go test it. It could not work could at work. all. Work. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of boggled my mind a little bit. I'm like, oh, cool, I'm, I don't need to know all the answers. Mm. I can just be curious and see what arises. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely have a passion for uh, helping people and empowering people, especially this preventative way. So it's, yeah. And so I went into corporate health and went all around Western Australia doing health consultations uh, with people. And I kind of started to see that people know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was like this motivation and psychology element that I was kind of missing. And so I was like, oh, this is the missing piece that I need to, to be upskilled in. So I ended up going back doing the PhD uh, in exercise physiology and mm -hmm. health psychology. Yeah. So it was very interesting. I did the same degree as my dad at the same university. So we both did a science really? degree. Yeah, but my mum, my mum's passion was health science. So, you know, that's, that shows how much when you have an environment that really fosters you in that realm, mm. um, you, you start to strive to new heights. Mm. So I had full support of the family through the PhD, which is super important. Yeah. But at the same time, life started to throw some, like, other things. I was still dancing uh, at that point. Yeah. Um, but it started to throw some different, different things my way. And so uh, I met... Um, a guy called Peter Sharp, who was just doing pop-up uh, experiences. <laughs> At that point, the, the Liberators, it hadn't even coined the Liberators. Oh. And we just all of a sudden just got on like a house on fire in terms yeah. of love dancing, love people, and we're very passionate about making a change and creating community. And so we started teaming up along with a, a whole group of, of people in Perth, and we started doing things like uh, dance party on the train. Nice so that was one of our it's first incredible. videos to go go viral. And Literally viral. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, but it, it showed that need, that desire. I think things only go viral when there's an actual thirst for it. Absolutely. People <clears throat> could sense that freedom what you guys were trying to portray. Mm. Yeah, we want some of that. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was one of many social experiments that we started to do. And so then over time, it kind of just started getting bigger and bigger. And then we birthed the, the name Deliberators. Mm -hmm. um, and then that went on. We ended up getting to go to Europe and touring there. Me and Pete went to America as well mm -hmm. and just getting to meet people and living life like one step and then the next step and not thinking too far in advance. It's like, how do I help in this moment? And so in that way, it was kind of like yoga, mm. you know, it's that in the Absolutely. moment presence. Yeah. Um, and that also inspired me at the same time I started studying um, yoga as well. Yeah. Uh, it had always been a part of my life, but actually being certified happened when I was doing a PhD. Mm. Now in that, that seems like I'm doing a lot all at once. Um, but what happened is I did about a year and a half, two years of PhD, took a six month break, and that's where I could focus on going on the, on Touring and yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah, which was super, super empowering because the PhD was using a framework called self-determination theory. Mm -hmm. And this idea that we can do actions for more an intrinsic, so we might just have inherent enjoyment yeah. or it's like play, enthusiasm, or we do things for more those extrinsic. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was, I actually had a good question for myself the second time I took a six-month break off the PhD mm. I was like am I doing this because it is like uh, PhD. a PhD mm. and all the extrinsic uh, drivers behind it or am I actually doing it because I have curiosity in the subject I you know want to learn mm. and so taking that six month break away and taking the pause doing something else allowed me to actually recreate that, that autonomy of going no yeah. this is this is for me I want to finish you for me um, so it was a really empowering thing for me to actually learn in my own story. Yeah. So then when I was doing the research and, and working with this framework, I could see how it could relate to other choices as well. Yeah, that's fascinating. I didn't realise that that was that link there for you, which makes sense. And then that creates that curiosity. And the curiosity then from your, your research, your science base, then flowed over into the liberators just to show that, you know, let's see what happens here. That's the experiment that we're doing, but more in that social context. Yeah. 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 And, and playfulness as well. Yeah, absolutely. Play, yeah. I find, is a huge part of, yeah. of my life. And it's it's not necessarily that you have to play physically. Mm. It's can we put the lens of play through anything that we do. Like right now, just having this interaction yeah. and we're like playing and dancing in our words. Exactly. Uh, or... Yeah, or if it's actually getting out in the playground. In saying that, we have definitely, for some sprinklers or if there's water gardens <laughs> going on, I probably would be one of the first people to start running through yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you having children, it's like, well, I always see that, you know, curiosity constantly with them. So you're, you're more inclined to, to join in the play mm. and join in the, uh, you know, playground versus if you didn't have children and then you feel a little bit more of that, you know, holding back and not being able to express yourself. Yeah. It was fascinating. When I first started working um, with kids, because I'm being a puppeteer now yeah. as well. But it's, <laughs> just, it's one more thing just one more thing. <laughs> um, but it was really, really fascinating that I had to be confronted with all this self-doubt of like, they see straight through me. Mm. They, yeah. you know, yeah. they will just say things exactly they don't exactly. have a sense of. Like, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> You're boring this. <laughs> Sorry. It's a good, you know, it's a, that real oh, humbling experience yeah. to be like, am I actually being really present right now? Yeah. 
and, and we're giving their full attention, my full attention on someone. Yeah. Because we live in a society where it's like, I have 50 tabs open in my head of all the things yeah. I'm doing, my phone's going off, the TV's on the background, there's music, like, you know, so it's, so many it's actually kind of being like fully present. Yeah. And then take that teaching that you have with kids down to any kind of interaction you have yeah. with people. Oh, for sure. Wow. Okay. So puppeteering. That's yeah. incredible. I'm so, trying to think where we got into the story, but I'm, I'm just going to... That's all right. We'll go yeah. back to... So we got to Liberators. I want to hear a little bit more about that and we can move mm. forward into, you know, where you've come into the space now. Mm. But um, the Liberators, when I was following you with the Liberators, I, I was, it was fascinating just for the fact of, obviously, the viral videos that were, you know, portrayed across the world news stories, you know, you standing out in Times Square. Was it, was it Times Square? No, London. Was that London? Yeah, the first you? one was London. Yeah. The second one was... I, I can talk about it. Yeah, let's there. Tell me all about that. Yeah. Um, so the first social experiment that I did that was more self-orientated and based off my own vulnerabilities yeah. was uh, bringing to the forefront mental health and particular eating disorders. Yes. Uh, so I had during my like, end of high school, beginning of uni, I had gone mm. through uh, bulimia and then anorexia. Yeah. And so I kind of just wanted to find a way to meld an experience that I had, make it relatable to other people, but say, hey, there's hope on the other side. And yeah. It's just about finding um, your particular path. For people, I can't explain, I can't um, talk for all people, mm. but it's just my experience that creativity and using what I've gone through. Yeah. To inspire people was my particular path. So, yeah. what I did was I blindfolded myself mm -hmm. in Piccadilly Circus in, that's it. in London yeah, that's it. and stripped down to my underwear with a sign saying, um, I'm standing for anyone who's gone through an eating disorder or self esteem issue like me, yeah. draw a love heart on my body to support self acceptance. Yeah. And as, oh, yeah. It always does that to me every time I hear this story. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's really, really interesting. And, some of the videos are still like coming back for a second round and what I love as well is it inspired um, other people. So another woman over in America, Amy had gone on, she was a mother of four children, four children, um, you know, and she got up and she did it as well. And it's just the, the ripple effects that you can then create by being true and vulnerable to something that you've experienced. Yeah. It allows other people to do that yeah. and yeah so it's that was one of the first ones that really shifted something for me because I wasn't you know I wasn't wearing makeup I was crying most of the time I also got the um, support of the people around me in terms of we turned up into Piccadilly Circus and the policemen were walking around I'm like Oh no! <laughs> I'm about to sit down into my underwear. Like, what is happening? Indecent exposure. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was what was running through my head, and and it was really interesting because the day before, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Mm. The day before, we'd been doing some social experiments around trust. So another experiment we do is we blindfold ourselves in a public space, mm. side saying, "I trust you. Do you trust me? Let's hug." Now we are going back you know, five, six years ago, so this is pre-COVID and, and yes, things like that, yeah. where there's, there's not that yeah. touch on them. Um, but it was interesting for me, I had gone up to a policeman that particular day before and been like, this is what we're doing. I was just wondering, you know, if I could have a hug. This is without having the blindfold. I just was intrigued. And which obviously in, the, in their code of conduct, they're like, no, no, I'm not allowed to hug you. Yeah. Completely fine. 
But then the next day going into Piccadilly Circus, I'm already standing there knowing that the police are walking around somewhere. <clears throat> I'm standing there. All of a sudden I hear behind, and I love just letting you know that me and uh, my fellow officer are to stand to the side. We're not going to let anything happen to you. Very brave what you're doing. We, this is a terrible English accent. But I don't actually remember what the accent was like. But it was it was that that turning point for me of like, oh wow, anyone can see vulnerability when when there's a true message behind it. Yeah. And they were they were absolutely lovely, and they came up and they had a, a chat to me afterwards. Nothing happened. Everything was everything. Everyone was super respectful. Yeah. It was just a lot of um, loving affirmation that would come up and just thank like mm. thanking me and I was like oh wow this is this is potent work mm. and then the policeman afterwards it was a different policeman but was like I'll take I'd take my hat off I've got terrible hat hair um, can I give you a hug and I was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> and so you can actually see in the video if you go watch the video at the very very end after the the liberated logo there's this, this cop just giving me like a quick hug just to like say thank you and I was just like oh that's, that's gorgeous um, so that was that was the first one, and then the second that was 2015. Mm. Then 2016, we went uh, to America, and we're just meeting people over in America. And I was just like, I'm gonna do another one. Yeah. I can't remember where the idea came from. I was I was immersing myself in a lot of meditation at that point. Yeah. So I find if you're regularly doing meditation ideas will start to come to you and there's a stillness that actually is like a petri dish for creativity. Absolutely. So the, the idea had come very, very strongly to me. So I approached Pete and was like, this is my idea. Mm. And he looked at me as like, you're crazy, but let's do it. <laughs> so the idea that we ended up we're doing really was, <laughs> yeah, in Times Square in New York, I again blindfolded myself and sat down this time with scissors in one hand, shavers in another, and a sign that says, beauty isn't dependent on your external appearance. Cut or shave off the part of my hair to support this message. <laughs> and then just let the community uh, cut and shave off my hair. Um, now, the difference between the two now, when I was in Piccadilly Circus, I was probably standing there 40, 45 minutes yeah. only. Yeah. Times Square was a good over three hours Whoa. because it took ages for people to actually... They just would, what, this is the other people retelling to me because I couldn't see anything. Yeah. But they would just stand and watch, being like, is anyone actually going to do it? Yeah, is she serious? Is, yeah. this, is this a joke? And given, to their credit, there's also performers and yes. it's like a busking realm uh, yes. area within Times Square. So yeah. for many, it must have like been like, is, what's going on? Is this a trick? Or Yeah. But then as time went on, they could see that people would go up and start actually yeah taking bits off <laughs> and the first person to just shave just went straight down the middle it was, and that was the moment of being like yep this is real um so yeah so they were the two that i particularly fueled which was based on my own experiences mm. but the liberators as a whole goes in many different trajectories yeah. and yes yeah, not performance but you know meditations outside office buildings and yeah know, all sorts all yeah. sorts absolutely yeah. but yeah with that foundational message of there's different ways to feel liberated and so me going and shaving my hair off doesn't mean that everyone needs to go and shave their hair off yeah it means uh 
you know, question what you're attached to. So at that point in time, I had really long hair. So I was mm. like, oh, being a woman, I'm attached to my long hair. Absolutely. And it was really interesting the days afterwards, how empowered I was mm. it, without, without hair. I was yeah. like, wow, this, yeah. I feel so womanly right now. And, you know, we'd get comments and then that would stimulate conversation with strangers on the street. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that I live for. I love just being able to, to talk to share. people for no particular reason. It's just being able to share. That's helping people. Yeah, exactly. In, in any way possible. You know, there are so many ways to help people that we sometimes don't even think outside that box. And that's where the liberators really gauge my attention. Mm. I was like, that's incredible. That's yes. absolutely incredible. And just watching those dance parties on the train, like, that, that was awesome. They could buy sing-alongs as well. As yeah. Because yes. how many people get involved and how differently they respond to these sorts of things, like, that's the experiment in itself, to actually watch the changes happen. Yeah. And people just to go, oh, my gosh, I could actually, woo! <laughs> yeah, and watching and witnessing those pivotal moments mm. where it's like, mm, dude, I mean, so yeah, I'm doing this. Like, yeah. I'm in. It's just yeah. like, brilliant. <laughs> and then, you, you know, then you kind of think, what's the ripple effect? Of when they go to work and they're like, you can't believe what happened on the way to work today. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think the idea is being change agents. It's like, how do yeah. we change the norm of your standard day-to-day -day life and actually give people that that little spark of inspiration yeah. that they can carry on in any any different way? It might just give them a smile for the rest of the day. Yeah, you know, that that carries on for other people. Absolutely. Wow. All right. So from, from the Liberators, yeah. tell me a little bit further now. What, what happened after that? Liberators, so I finished the PhD in 2018. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the actual research topic, I realised I haven't even talked about it. So I was looking at uh, how our motivation for exercise influences our eating behaviours. Right. So my research was uh, confirmed that if you exercise for more of those extrinsic reasons, mm -hmm. you're then more likely to consciously justify indulging in unhealthy food. Mm. Yeah. So, no, that's that's what I find interesting because a lot of the time we're putting those rewards out there of like, go to the gym and you'll get this and get that, but are we still fostering that intrinsic motivation mm. of, wow, it is actually a real, real pri like privilege to be able to move our bodies the way that we do for most people. Yeah, yeah. Appreciation. Um, yeah, appreciation yeah. and gratitude. The right reasons. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's coming down to, isn't it, too? Yeah. yeah. And I don't want, I don't want to um, demonise extrinsic motivation mm. because now I'm not up to date completely with all the research now because it's been a number of years. Mm. But yeah, at the starting point of anyone's journey, mm. if it's not a new habit for you, you might have to use extrinsic motivation to get, to get you there until yep. you're in a pattern, until you're in, in a rhythm. Yep. So it's not about making things right or wrong, but in terms of your own enjoyment, mm. it's why not encourage something that's going to bring you inherent joy yep. and also not affect your, your other choices. It's Again, it comes back to that ripple effect you know, the choice that you make in this moment. And everyone's probably felt it, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you've got the choices between, you know, do I go really indulgent breakfast or whatever your form of it doesn't necessarily have to be food, but how you start the day mm. might then set you up for the rest of the day because then you get inspired to do other positive things for yourself. So absolutely. That's that. Yeah, for sure. That ripple effect. <clears throat> yeah. I'm knee-deep in a health behaviour, health belief model practice so you probably were well aware of that at the moment 
completing something yeah. or food choice model. Yeah. So looking at all those factors, the environment, the individual, the food, physiology, everything, behaviour, decision-making. Mm-hmm. And then even from that point of view where I see a lot of people speaking about it in space, it's their willpower. So how much mm-hmm. willpower energy we have across the day. Yeah. And that comes into food and exercise and even going out into a train and having a dance, you yeah. know, like making those decisions we only have a certain amount of energy put aside for those sorts of things. So, you mm. know, use it wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Like me regulating emotions as well. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, like that. I'm really, really fascinated. There's some great research out yeah. on that. And there's some competing um, theories with is it limited or uh, is it that it just gets yeah, revitalized? Mm. Yeah, there's, there's many different viewpoints. So, if, mm. if listeners are interested, they should definitely look down the, the yeah. research path for that one because there's lots of fascinating fascinating so with your honors i want to come back to that just quickly Mm. sodium phosphate Mm. explain to me a little bit about that gosh now you're going back i know sorry sorry. uh so sodium phosphate uh in that day what did it find yeah it only been well it only ever been uh studied in men Mm. at Mm. that point so Mm -hmm. i was the first one to to look at in women yeah um which is quite common in research isn't it yeah um hormones and and cycles and things like that so completely understandable but uh my focus with it was so the idea is it's more so for endurance yeah so oh gosh there were competing theories for how it actually worked yeah yeah um but one was the red blood count you're taking me yeah, back now. Sorry. Um, like, stumped you there. But yeah. I'm just fascinated. I'm like, well, what's, what's, what were they using the sodium phosphate for? Yeah. Endurance purposes. It was endurance purposes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that was more so for the performance side of things. My interest yeah. was sodium phosphate can be a slight appetite suppressant. Right. So I was like, this is this was a modality that was used, if we are, we're talking over a decade ago, yeah. that had demanders. Yeah. Um, they were using it within that realm. But mm. What if someone was actually then having their appetite suppressed? Yeah. Is it then affecting other elements and that actually hadn't been studied? So right. that was my main focus is looking at the appetite and the, the nutrition side yeah. of things rather than the offshoot of improving performance. Was yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. All right, sorry, just brought you back to that for a sec. No, no, I'm like, I'm trying to to rack my brain. It's so interesting with that kind of stuff because you're so immersed in it for a period of time. And then if it's not relevant for you anymore, the brain goes straight out. Gone, like, yeah. In terms of I know the the rough elements. Yeah, but again, when you submerge yourself, and I find it at the moment, doing doing a lot of research. Mm Um, for the masters I you you know you're doing assignments you're doing research Mm -hmm. you're so focused on that one topic Mm -hmm. but then you have to you know then you switch to another topic and so you 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 do you lose a lot of that information out of that last topic because you're not using it focus yeah 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 repeating and and talking to people about it things like that it's like a language really if you start a new language and and then you don't do it for 10 years you're not going to remember yeah you got to practice I'm rubbish at language. <laughs> that says anything. Um, all right, so from the liberators then, um, obviously PhD, and then tell me a little bit what happened after the PhD. PhD, so then I started working after that point. Well, I took a little bit of a break, yeah. and then I was kind of reconfiguring because I was, after that point, I was like, oh, I don't think the academic realm 
is my my path. Yeah. Although I'm interested in learning, yeah. um, so it is interesting. I am now starting to to write for uh, an online magazine that brings WA's research to the forefront, uh, which is brilliant. Really? Yeah, particle. If you haven't, haven't That's seen it, very cool. So it's I'm still getting that curiosity of getting to learn things, mm. but being a bridge of how do we take research mm. and actually make it accessible to everyone, which yeah. then creates in my head the particles again. Particle. particle, yeah. Very cool name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're great. Uh, so that's one element that I've done. Um, I was working with kids, as I mentioned, yeah. so being a puppeteer, educating through STEM, yeah. different things. So got to go all around Western Australia. Um, took a bit of time up in Broome, was doing some programs up in Broome, um, mainly around sustainability actually, which was, you saw how passionate the kids got around sustainability mm. because they are affected with floods and, you know, all the natural yeah. disasters. Yeah. So seeing these young kids inspired to make a difference was just very, very rewarding to mm. see. Uh, and then while I was still doing that, I've, gosh, I've gone on many different tangents. Yeah. Uh, one was actually going down more of the, the sexuality so yes. expression and seeing different platforms to be able to see arousal and yeah. sexuality yeah so was it i heard of a teacher called jaya mm. she's a somatic sexologist over in america yep. probably about four years ago mm-hmm. and it was one of those moments where i listened to a podcast or listened to the framework that she was describing and i was just mesmerized yeah and i was I was just listening and taking it all in and actually then going through my like science lens and being like, oh, cool, this actually makes a little bit of sense as well. Uh, and um, so then years later, it was last year, mm. 2020, yeah, I did, I, did, and I was like, well, where are we again? Like, you know, the world's upside down, doesn't it? Especially if we're coming to big trap, like May nearly as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I studied with her and ended up doing a coaching program yeah. last year, which was about eight months online. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was the first person in Western Australia to be certified, and one of I think it's about five of us in in Australia as a whole. Yeah. And so the framework looks at the idea that there are five different ways that someone can be aroused sexually. So we are talking mainly in intimate settings right now, yeah. but some of the concepts you can then extrapolate to other areas yeah. of your life and the way that I like to describe it to people is if you've heard Gary Chapman's five love languages yeah so for me it's like the five arousal versions of the love languages, languages. Yeah. with that idea that we can be approaching our, our partner in speaking the language that we're familiar with mm. but yet they are on a completely different tangent and you're not meeting not getting that authentic connection or the, the rich connection mm. that you really want uh, so I can go through the Five, yeah, you go for it. I want to hear all about ah, this. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have to get onto your poetry too, because oh, you're amazing poetry and it. being in love. So <laughs> we've got to cover a lot still. <laughs> okay. um, so your first is the, the blueprints is your energy. Yeah. So these are people that get aroused by anticipation. Mm-hmm. It's feeling the subtleties between people, and actually the, the distance actually brings on that that arousal. Mm-hmm. So we say that each of the blueprints have a superpower. Mm-hmm. So not that you have to strive for it, it's just naturally can be more accessible to some of these people. Yeah. So those kind of superpowers for an energetic is okay. they typically like very empathic. 
Yeah. So they will feel every subtlety mm-hmm. of their partner mm-hmm. and be able to really drop in into that, mm. which is which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, it's not necessarily about the physical contact. It's not about the the orgasm. It's not about the end goal. It's it's about the pure presence with another person. Yeah. 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 Um, the shadow aspects of that, though, is if someone comes in too fast, too strong with, with sexuality, it's, yeah, exactly, it's mm. short-circuiting, it's like, what, <laughs> too much, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is boundaries, yeah. so because you can feel what other people are feeling, mm-hmm. sometimes at a young age, you would have, uh, people could, would have decided that the pain of someone else mm. when you say no or reject someone mm. is it's not worth it and so your boundaries start to get a lot more loose because you don't want to hurt the other person because you feel it yeah. yeah so it's really interesting that their, their medicine or their what they need to work on is actually formulating and trusting themselves in their boundaries again mm. so just pull, pull you up there so you, mm. you've got these five five areas mm. and for each you look at this i, I, I love how you put it the superpowers mm. The things that you need to work on, mm-hmm. yeah, and then and then the areas that I'll see that you're good at and that you, you can focus on. So th- those sorts of things that you're looking at for each one of one of those five branches. Yeah. So yeah. the last point is just something that you can look at if you want to hear if you resonate with the shadow. Yes. That's where a lot of the time you you create your own action plan. Yeah. But in saying that, you might heal or or expand that particular blueprint. Yeah. Not by your that particular blueprint it could be actually using some of the others so that last little little point was more so just a reflection as people if if they do resonate with like oh yeah that's me like i'm really bad at creating boundaries or oh yeah i'm I'm really bad at confrontation and things like that it's like cool well that might just be a point to to reflect on uh if it's if it's relevant but the main things yeah the main things you look at or one, sorry, one of the modules that we do look mm. at is healing the blueprints. Yeah. So that can come in forms of like, how do I take more responsibility for myself? Mm-hmm. But then also what action steps do I need to take? Maybe what judgments do I need to let go of mm. of other people or myself as well? Yeah. So there's many different ways of what we call healing. Or, healing them. Yeah. 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 The sexuality space, I think, is, um, again, like, you know, periods, menstruation, you know, being in love with your body again and having mm. that respect for your body. All those areas are so un- unspoken of, mm. are still so taboo. And I think that's why I love the fact of even in, in the podcast, like I mentioned with Kimmy, we talk about kink and sexuality. I think it yeah, needs to be spoken more of so people become more aware of it and mm. actually gain the, the best out of that life force energy, which is that sexuality energy, isn't it? Absolutely. And the other thing that I I like about that is when you start talking openly about sexuality, it releases the shame. And shame, if you go into like Renee Brown's stuff, shame is like you go into yourself, you disconnect from community, you isolate. You know, it's a very, very lonely world. And so why do we need to be lonely? And as you said, sexuality is that that spark, that creativity. It's going to cut you off from from community and your vitality as well. Yeah. And hormones, you know, they're and you know, was, yeah. like, you know, we might as well use them to yeah. our fullest advantage. All this sort of energy balances out your hormones on that physical level. Yeah. Yeah. And also talking about it starts to dissolve judgment that other people can have because sometimes we create judgment if we don't know. Yes. It's it's an easier way to protect yourself. If we don't know about something, yeah. it's like that's foreign. Otherwise we get hurt or we could get, you know, <clears throat> shut down or any of that stuff. Yeah. 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 
or not being able to get it right if we don't know something yeah. is like oh well i don't know, I don't know. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and it, it happens sometimes in such a subtle level so yeah. the more we just openly just share about things yeah it's like oh that either resonates or it doesn't resonate if it doesn't resonate you don't have a judgment about it. it's just that doesn't work for me exactly. if it does you get curious and you explore more exactly yeah it's either or okay yeah. sorry i cut you off there so first one is that empathy or empathetic person yes yeah, so energetic energetic is the, energetic. the, the, the okay. term that we use um, your second is essential so these are the people that love all of their senses. Yes. Like, you know, straight away I start like touching my stuff. Because yeah, these people, these are the people that like are touching on that. Yeah, touching you, you know, yeah. so they're very tactile. They love yeah. they love senses. They love smells. They love massages. Mm. They're usually wearing um, clothes of yeah, different <laughs> different textures just because they love the feeling all the time that gets them in their body. Mm. So these are people that they love being in their body because mm. they love feeling all the sensations. Yeah. So the superpowers go along with that is yeah. that again it's not orgasm based it's about yeah. connection yeah. if you've got a couple of i'm going a couple of hours that's a long time but <laughs> we'll go with that we'll nice. that is. Yeah, a couple of hours to just massage and be with, oh. and be with someone yeah exactly that's yeah it's a little bit of a mistake for us yeah that's what we're doing <laughs> hold on i'm like a sensual one <laughs> So yeah, they're very, very tactile um, and very much about the senses as well. Mm -hmm. So like when you walk into a space and there's like incense burning or different uh, aromatic oils, things mm -hmm. like that, they're, they're very attuned to that stuff. So they know how to set the scene mm -hmm. of walking into a place that, that creates an experience. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, as I mentioned, it's not necessarily orgasm based it's more so about connection and having that experience of being close mm. so like being able to cuddle a lot and have those types of experiences um your next is your sexual so mm. your sexual is your stereotypical way of seeing arousal or sex okay and that's we'll get turned on by nudity uh orgasms you know very mm. straight edge very but not simply uh, sorry simplistic but not superficial Okay. So it's very much that they're connecting, connecting them with their desire centers because mm. so they know what they want and it's very direct, yep. Yep. which is very beautiful and not always celebrated. So this, this framework creates a space for every way of sexuality mm. to be celebrated. And so it releases shame around that. Yeah. Cause I was going to bring that up and say, you know, that the, the typical viewpoint of sexuality at the moment in, you know, where everyone would see it would be what's portrayed on movies, what's mm. portrayed on TV shows. And, you know, that's the only exposure a lot of people get. So how do they know that the other realms are there or what type of actual, you know, personality mm. or blueprint that they are? Yeah. yeah which that sounds fascinating. All yeah. of this, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so their superpowers go along with, they can be very direct. They know where, what they want. They know where they're, they're going yeah. with things. Which makes it, in terms of being able to please your lover, very, very simplistic and yeah. very, uh, yeah, direct and fun. And also just a huge sex drive. Yeah. They can go from zero to a hundred, <laughs> like, this, it's like, it's on. <laughs> which, which is great. It's very, to be on the other side of the receiving factor of that, it's like, wow, this person yeah, really, cool. really wants me. Yeah. Amazing. So it's, it's being able to actually celebrate that. Mm. Uh, the shadow aspect of that, though, is, definitely that that being so direct yes can also 
one set up for rejection if someone's not ready for that intensity yeah. and then you you create shame and be like oh well my kids need too much my sex drive is too much mm. rather than having it celebrated yeah so that can be one they can also get very confused about like, why do you need all the bells and whistles like isn't, isn't sex <laughs> is supposed enough? to be easy <laughs> like a plus B is <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's again just having that that patience to actually explain, like we've talked about before, explain why you need other things if you are a different blueprint. Yeah, this is fascinating because I, again, when I spoke to Penny and we talked about kink, I was, in my in my in my head, you know, trying to figure this out in terms of this logical explanation, science type brain. I'm thinking, you know, why do some people want BDSM and you know mm. the, the kink side of things and all the equipments and all that stuff mm. and then why do people why do other people not need that or not feel like that that's necessary for them so that that in itself I was like mm, hold on like what, what, what are we missing in between what what is that and now this has explained that to me. well but I'll, I'll come back to that point because the last blueprint I think might uh, okay. fade into that <laughs> one. No, 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 I, I love it. It stimulates so much conversation because people start to have those aha moments of, yeah. oh, I like this, or that makes sense for my ex partner, yeah. or this person. And that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being like, oh, well, I, I didn't, didn't like accept that in that person, or I didn't know how to meet that need, or yeah. it just creates more self acceptance for our yeah. sexuality. Uh, but as you talk about it, uh, the next one is kink. Yes. So, the way that Jaya defines kink, though, mm. is anything that's taboo for you. Okay. So in this way, someone who's grown up in a religious background mm. uh, and mm. has never had any exposure, mm. maybe having sex before marriage is taboo, taboo. for those yeah. elements, yeah. versus for another person is that BDSM yes. uh, way of seeing things. And again, split into two in that it can be psychological kink. Mm-hmm. So this is purposely playing with power plays, it's role plays, mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's more fantasy-based as well. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the, the physical mm. sensation-based kink, which is yeah. typically what you see with your BSM or yeah. Um, yeah, whips, um, being ropes. restrained, ropes, yeah. shibari, things like that. Yeah. So I like to create that, that difference because sometimes yeah. we might think of king because we might be having fantasies all the time or we crave a taboo or there's other things that go on in our mind but it's not necessarily that we we like any of the physical sensation of king so we can separate those two some people love both as well so it gives space for any of that yeah yeah so in terms of superpowers Mm -hmm. very creative lovers yeah they just want to explore they want to play they're going to try new things all the time toolkit yeah (laughs) toolkit but also like what's the the realm or the the space that we can create in imagination as well Mm -hmm. where can our fantasies take us it could even just be sharing our fantasies with part of you know there's there's that element of storytelling as well in there which i find fascinating yeah um uh, creative and the shadow aspect though is that shame yeah so yeah shouldn't be doing that or will i be accepted will love be removed if i actually ask for this particular mm-hmm. want or need and it's probably the one that people don't always necessarily know that they are yeah until they start exploring or they have the acceptance in this round to start mm-hmm. exploring exploring yeah, yeah that, the judgment. The other thing is that the fetishes can become quite niche. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. 
I'm, I can only be in this position this time of day, I'm taking this to extreme. While the light <laughs> is coming in this angle, it's obviously not going to be that extreme. And I don't want to make this Yeah, It is that there can be particular niches that arise that then narrow down our expression of sexuality. And in my head, this framework is about um, you don't have to embody all of them if you don't want to, but it creates a lens and a framework to know that there are different ways. So yes. it can create freedom and expression. Explore in all days blueprints yeah right. yeah but there's no hierarchy that's one thing that Jairo yeah. says there's no hierarchy it's not like i should strive to be this type of blueprint yeah. or that this one is is lesser they're all exactly the same mm. uh, and that comes to our last one so shapeshifter yeah. so shapeshifter is strong and can use all four pathways mm -hmm. as uh, a form of turn on arousal right uh, so again, very creative, very explorative. Love to just try everything mm -hmm. in terms of their, their superpowers. And and yeah, as a lover, amazing because they'll they'll want to meet all of the needs, the needs regardless of of what blueprint you are. Mm. Uh, saying that that goes hand in hand with the shadow is if they have a partner that only is strong in one of the blueprints, right. they might not necessarily feed all aspects of themselves. Okay. Yeah. So. Again, similar to a, a sexual, they, they might have created a story early on that I'm too much, my desire is too much, mm -hmm. what I need or want is too much, mm -hmm. and haven't been celebrated in that realm. Yeah. So, again, once you have a framework of realizing this is what you need, mm -hmm. you can find ways to make sure that all elements of yourself are fed. And that doesn't necessarily need to, to mean sexually, yeah. it could be things like, oh, well, for my sensual. I'm going to start booking of massages a bit more regularly yeah. or start wearing clothes. It's like day-to-day -day stuff. How do I integrate this knowledge? Yeah. yeah. Um, but why, backtracking to what you were saying before, why yeah. do people go on different paths? Yeah. It's a theory that I have is that maybe when we're born, we're all shapeshifters. Oh. So we have access to all pathways. Yeah. But it's then through our conditioning, it's through experiences that we have and the pain of it, you know, suffering that we go through, yeah. that we then get shaped into one particular realm more than another. Mm. Uh, because I, I did a post on this recently. It's very socially acceptable yeah. for a woman to be energetic or essential. Yes. But you say you go into being a sexual and, you know, all of a sudden, the drive. Drive. There, you yeah. know, there's yeah. things like that. And vice versa, if a man is not this macho, like, I'm just going to, like, Take this one for the team. Whatever that is, I don't know. Love it. My partner's gonna be loud. What is she doing? You know, but them, them not having permission to really be sensitive and empathetic and emotional. Yeah. Yeah. In some realms, that is really celebrated, and some it isn't. Mm. So this, I find, is a, a part of the reason why we might actually be. Pigeonholed or shaped into and different confused. realms, and, and then shamed, yeah. and then yeah, sure, yeah. Wow, so, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so that's just one part. That you know, that's just the yeah. blueprints in itself. But then it goes onto all different uh, frameworks as well within that. Wow. So first of all, you know, when you're looking at those five. Is there a um, link with personality types as well? So, you know, so we, when you've got the, the, the creative type, mm. you know, is that person going to be more looking at creativity in their life? Is there been any links to like a personality 
Or, no, yeah, no, there's, there's definitely, that I think, fascinating. yeah, I think yeah. there's definitely room for, or is it that hidden underlying, like, I don't get that creativity in my life, that's where my focus is in this part of my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not aware of any um, direct research around that, but one thing I do find fascinating for some of them, so for a sexual blueprint, mm. the act of having sex and orgasming is actually going to, well, maybe not always orgasm, but that, that sex mm. is then going to fuel them in all other areas. It's kind of like they use sex to rewind and refuel right. versus essential will, like, they'll need to slow down and relax mm. to then be able to receive. Yeah. Uh, because some of the shadow aspects of essential is that if you get up into your head, into your to-do list, yeah. You know, you're not in in contact with all these sensations. You're not in contact with the body. So if you're really, really stressed, yeah. it's a lot harder for you to drop in, yeah. which it would be fascinating to also link in with different hormones as well. And exactly. And because obviously, you know, in clinic here, the most common, you know, things that I hear are low libido, high stress, and yeah. those connections are mm. so strong. So, mm. you know, I, I would say a lot of that stress aspect, not just the, the, the hormonal side of things, but also mm. just the fact that people just can't get back into their body. Mm. They can't get back in to feel that sensuality. Yeah. And the majority of those people are women and yep. they're, co you know, more maybe of the sensual type where they need mm. more of that and not realising mm. it. Yeah. 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 So when you're going through sessions with people then, run me through a bit of an idea of where it sort of starts and where mm. it sort of finishes, what you look at in between, mm. um, how you help people, why, why people might come in and ask for help or look mm. for this sort of, you know, way of, of, of what would you call it? Is it mm. a, a therapy? Is it a, a course? Mm. Is it a program? Like what is it sort of defined as? Cool. I'm going to backtrack because I don't like the idea of helping someone because this lens is not necessarily, it's not counselling and it's not um, like having psychology session. Yep. It's a framework of exploration. And that's the way that I okay. go into it. It's like, here's something that will invite more play into your sexuality. Yep. And it's about expression. Sure. So it can come in different forms. So the first is that just introducing them. Sometimes actually just having this discussion that there are different ways of seeing sexuality. Yeah. They have that aha moment and yeah. that's what all they need. So by no means do I mean that everyone needs to do everything. Yeah. It's that autonomy to go, cool, this is the step. I do want to take it further or I don't. Yeah. So just knowing about the core erotic blueprint yeah. is the first step. Then we start going into how do you think? How do you feed your erotic blueprint mm. once you want, well, sorry, determine it first because mm. there's also, going back, so in between knowing it, I can talk to you about it, mm. but your body might respond very differently to different types of touch, which are in line with them. So I don't, I don't personally do the touch on someone else, but I can, I can guide someone through it, like a meditation where they might do sort of like energetic, might be just like really lightly or even just hovering over their, their um, any body part. And then your sensual is more the caressing, the curving, okay. and then your sexual going straight to genitals, and then kinky can be your scratching, your slapping, things like that. So you can give them different uh, exploration tools to do either by themselves or if they have a partner that wants to yeah. do it with them, they can start to explore that. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't even realize. I'm very open with sharing all mm. the aspects of myself. And I didn't realize that I loved scratching until mm. I was in 
not necessarily this program, but I was exploring some some other frameworks mm. and, uh, a couple of years ago, and someone had scratched me. Yeah. And I was like, "Ooh, that's a bit fun!" Like, I started giggling. I got the energy rush. And so, actually, that's a good point to distinguish: mm. is when I say arousal, it's yeah. not what comforts me and makes me want to go to sleep or nourish. Yes, that's important. And you need that at other times. Yeah. But arousal is like, oh, what gives me that vitality and that spark? It's that life force energy, right? Life force. So that's that sexuality energy. Mm. That's a really good differentiation because I find that that's hard to explain to a lot of people. Mm. It's like, what are you meant to feel when you're aroused? Mm. What is that meant to feel like? Yeah. Because of traumas and past experiences and conditioning, people mm. might see that as being looked after. Yeah. But I see it as being energised or inspired or you know that that feeling like you say mm. like bubbling yeah yeah like woo, yeah excited. yeah yeah exactly yeah. so like that's i think a really really important mm. part to distinguish the people so that they yeah have those cues to start to look for yeah. so determining blueprints yeah so there's a couple of ways you can do it and you can also just do something called body mapping which yeah. is just exploring the body and going okay yeah i like stroking on my arm that's nice Oh, but no, yeah, if you do it at the neck, I really like. So it's about like self-exploring yourself. So like, yeah. when it comes to a partner, it's like, oh, I know these points really, I really, really like. And then do some exploration together as well. Mm. But not necessarily sex for the, the outcome. A nice thing that we like to do is something yeah. called sex labs. I mean, my partner both scientists. So yeah. I, I love it. And so we kind of separate and go, cool, we're going to explore. So a sex lab session. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to explore. It's not about having sex in the end. We actually separate those two, two mm. things. So then again, we get more information. Yeah. So we're also always changing as well. So exactly. give ourselves permission to always, yeah. um, to always explore. And always change is really, really important. Yeah. I was saying, you know, I, I, a lot of people don't even get a chance to even fully, truly know their partner, even after mm. years and years and years. Mm. So I know that for certain, mm. you know, and I'm hearing that from a lot of different people. Yeah. Oh, my partner doesn't even know that about me. Or what? <laughs> What's well, the vulnerability of, of giving yourself permission that you don't know? Yeah. You know, and that's a really humbling experience, mm. especially when you're around someone all the time. Mm we naturally create these expectations, whether they're imposed on us or we just create them ourselves. Yeah. Like, I should know this. Oh, I don't want to speak up because I actually should know this. Yeah, but you don't. You never, you, you never know, really. No. Things are constantly changing. And, you know, it's on the flip side of that, it's also being aware when we are reacting, say a partner did forget something. Mm. It's not shaming you for it as well. It doesn't mean that they don't love you. Yeah. I mean, it, if it's happening a lot and reoccurring, then that's a different conversation. Mm. But, you know, if, if they can have 120 things going on in, in their life, yeah. it's being patient with people as well. And yeah. if they're asking you, you know, rewarding them and giving them space to know the answer as well rather than, than punishing. Yeah, absolutely. So from that sex lab. Oh, sorry. No, so yeah, so having oh, oh, yeah. Tell me about this. Yeah, sorry, like, to turn in, 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 to
wow, I actually don't get enough physical touch in a day. Yeah. Maybe I need to ask my friends for a few more hugs or I do need to book in for massages. It's like once you know how to fuel something, start inviting it and filling up your cup. It's energy, right? It's, oh, this makes so much sense to me. Because mm. a lot of people, oh, I'm, so, I'm so tired. It might not just be that, you know, lack of food or whatever it is. I have everything else sorted, but they still feel tired. Mm -hmm. It's this life force energy. We're mm -hmm. not getting what we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so important. So important. So you're feeding, and then we go into speaking. So you can actually, I can like people watch now, and I just start to like pick up the verbals and non-verbals of like what what people are. But it's it's really important because when this is where the, the framework can then be taken outside, mm -hmm. uh, not just in in the bedroom. In that, if I know that you're an energetic, mm -hmm. I'm going to be like my up, my posture is going to be a lot more upright and be really present. I'm going to not distract. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna maybe speak a little bit softer because you're a bit more sensitive. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking really quickly <laughs> as well, um, so that kind of as essential. Yeah. Need to really slow down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just gonna take our time. <laughs> you know, because I don't like to be rushed. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, cool. If I know that about someone else, someone else, yeah. or if I do know someone's essential, I, I might be more tactile with them. Yeah. Especially if they're going through a hard time, you know, they, yeah. they, they will need that support a little mm. bit more. Um, so speaking the blueprints allows you to kind of, you know, take that to your, your partner yeah. or yourself yeah. so you can ask for what you need as well or extrapolate it outside. Yeah. And understand what that person also needs because of their blueprint. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking, then we go into healing. Mm. <clears throat> so healing can be a, a number of different things that we can be guided meditation. It can be looking at judgments, getting curious about different things. Um, it can also be that point where uh, if it is trauma-related, I do openly say to, to people, I, am, I do have a doctorate, but it's not specifically in clinical psychology. So I'm not going to preach that I'm going to fix anything. Yeah. You know, that's where we can refer and I'm here to support any additional, like, contributors because I'm yeah. not the only one that, that needs to be, or it might be, yeah, looking at hormones and things like that. Mm. That can also be affecting yeah. someone's sexuality and ability to heal. Yeah, yeah, fully. And uh, then the last bit is expanding. Mm. And so I do say, once you know this framework, and you're like, I'm a sexual and I don't need to change, I'm just going to stay sexual. Great, you can you can embrace that. And you don't need to change anything. Mm -hmm. But for some people, it's like, oh, that'd be pretty fun to actually be able to <laughs> like speak one. multiple things or meet my partner in a different way so when we go into expanding the blueprints it's looking at how do we step into maybe a different blueprint that's not familiar to ourselves that's fascinating mm. so running workshops on these mm. and then guiding people through the different ways yeah and exploring it so giving different ideas different examples yeah yeah wow so it's workshops and then we also do the coaching so mm. coaching sessions can be in that eight week type module okay. so it's before we kind of flesh it out a little bit more so yeah. you've got that time and then also when you have it over a period of time you have homework and things that you can yeah, actually be applying. held accountable for as well uh, because we can always get that spark of inspiration yeah but of how do we integrate that as well mm. so i offer a number of different things in that realm as well and yeah there's there's some other things in the pipeline which haven't quite formulated yet but linking it in with the dance and, and stuff like that that's so, incredible so we'll we'll see because i am the first one to bring it here 
there's it's about just paving the way first yeah because people haven't even heard of the exactly. right so my first aim is to go cool let's get this information out there because i think jai has done an amazing job and she you know had two decades in somatic mm. sexology and really really curious about people so this was a framework that i resonated with uh which again just allows self-expression like many aspects of my life it's definitely about celebrating yeah. who we are as individuals it's incredible <laughs> so your website has all this information on it as well is it jwest.com.au yeah okay uh, just dot com dot com dot com okay so jwest.com mm -hmm. so i want to just explore dancing so mm. I, I, your self-expressive dance love it yeah love it so much still i still need to do some dance with you yeah like I, I love a bit of dance that i've never done to the extent that you have yeah um so it, it, it give a little bit of information about that to yeah. me as well as how how you might explore mm. that with that erotic mm. yeah so i mentioned earlier on so mm. i started dancing and choreographing for drag queens yeah. quite early on yeah. and i had for some reason when I was in primary school, high school, I just started seeing patterns of body formations and started choreographing at a very young age. I don't know, I was just fascinated by music. And yeah. So I didn't actually have any specific technical training behind me. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, when I went to my high school, I did do dance there. So I did have elements of dance and um, yeah. a platform to be able to choreograph so I was head dancer mm -hmm. and I would choreograph for the the group um, dance competitions and things like that mm -hmm. so I had a platform of people believing in me yeah. which again it comes back to that community when support. you got a community believing you in support you can, you you can do, do anything, anything. anything. Yeah. so I, I definitely dive into that realm but it was very interesting I was choreographing it and I started dancing it to hip hop academies here and teaching mm. there. And I started to find that if I was purely just doing it week on week after week, creativity mm. on demand, yeah. there was an element of me that started to get a little bit resentful. I was like, this this is isn't what I do dance for. It's mm. not to be creative on demand, it's because I love everything in my body. Mm. And um <clears throat> It wasn't about all elements. I was also in a female dance dance group called Mixtape, which is awesome. Just <laughs> like you don't actually think there's like these little battle crews that happen and battle competitions. There are like really? it's, it's great. Like fun. the movies. Yeah, like the movies. It's great fun. That's so cool. Um, and it's a really beautiful <laughs> way of expressing and teamwork of coming together because yeah. dancing can also be purely solo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that kind of happened, and then I started getting to this point where I was like, I'm just a bit exhausted, and it's not that fun, playful um, thing that I fell in love with. And if you've <laughs> gathered anything from my personality, I love to to look at what actually brings me that spark of joy, joy. passion. Yeah. So I kind of just took a back, uh, back, put it on the back burner for a bit, and took a pause. And then a couple of years later, I came across Gabrielle Ross. Um, uh, five rhythms, mm -hmm. which is the dance, um, yeah, meditation. Yeah. So again, that has five different ways of um, being able to move the body, whether it's more staccato and mass, like masculine mm -hmm. or flowing. So she found a different way of being able to express and put it into a framework. And I thought that was really, really fascinating. And I wasn't expecting it. I think I was doing a breathworks workshop or something completely different so i wasn't expecting movement 
Um, but again, it sparked that inspiration of, oh, is there other ways of being able to dance? Mm. I would have been in my early 20s and started going down a rabbit hole of looking at ecstatic dances, um, different movement meditations, mm. five rhythms, anything I could get my hands on. When I was to Melbourne, did some workshops over there with how Enneagrams can be moved through dance, and a whole heap mm. of different things. And it got, it got my curiosity for dance and movement mm. back up. And at the same time, then obviously a couple of years later, Liberator started, which was definitely movement movement-based and we do a monthly dance now which is about bringing community together and uh, we implement some like playful connection games and then we go into the dance and movement so we create that self-expression once we have a container that's about you know self-acceptance and expression yeah safety yeah Yeah, and safety uh so and uh so then after that i started looking at how to be a bridge between mm-hmm. purely technical stuff because what sorry once i had started dancing and mm. teaching at the two dance academies i started getting a lot more um training behind me yeah. and so i was like oh there's so many amazing dance modalities that actually rewire our brain to actually create new pathways of movement mm-hmm. and that can create new expressions in us mm-hmm. so that's where kundadiva was birthed which is was originally a female only, but then I started uh, taking that into mm-hmm. um, both both genders and people that don't identify with genders. And it's the idea is that we can map different archetypes. Mm-hmm. And because I have a background in acting as well, which I realised I haven't touched. We need like two hours. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. Um, it, it was mapping out the idea that archetypes can be a way of us accessing things that aren't inherently in our nature mm. so i would go through the different uh, archetypes so we'll go back to females for now but using mm. different dance modalities so we'd start at wild woman so if you're yoga based and you like chakras it was more the base chakra it's yeah. like how do we get primal and so i link that to dance hall mm. so we'd learn tips tricks and uh, modalities within dance hall modalities dance routine within in um, dance dance hall yeah. and then part of the lesson would be a structured element mm. and then we turn the lights off and it was just about expressing yourself in music that evoked that rule of wild woman yeah. so you can start to have a look at how different yeah different ways of moving the body can then be integrated into self-expression yeah yeah second was lover so we learned striptease and burlesque mm. third was um warrior mm-hmm. so we did hip-hop uh, uh popping and locking breaking yeah and then fourth was a mother mm. so we do contemporary more lyrical based stuff yeah. and then priestess would be uh belly dancing yeah. and so i had a very good friend sarah faye come in who would actually come and do the belly dancing and she's incredible in that room so yeah again outsourcing where so i needed many different <clears throat> so many different things yeah so i find yeah for some people they love that uh archetype or creating a story around a way of expressing because it makes it more accessible mm. for some people they just want to go straight to the dancing so again it's just how do we make things more easily accessible for people and yeah. very much about you know combining different things mm-hmm. as well and seeing this common thread that that the themes of some of the archetypes 
I found did naturally start to link in. Wow. And if I can help someone embody, say, warrior, for example, and they're learning the dance move, and wow. then they go into their real life and their natural reaction is to go, oh, I can't do this, or like cowering, the body language starts mm. to change. It's like, cool, can I remember some of the body language stuff that happens in dance? Not that you have to start busting out of dance and prompting <laughs> or anything like that, but you know, it might give you it's some posture. Yeah, it's kind of just like feeling that you get body dancing and how empowered you feel. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. different ways. Um, and then the dance did then it started to migrate a little bit more into so. 2019, um, my partner, or now partner, um, sent out a request to see if anyone wanted to create a fringe, fringe show. And so uh, a group of friends from very different backgrounds, doctors, lawyers, podiatrists, engineers, <laughs> like, um, it was a reminder for us though that creativity can be for anyone. Yes. And so we yes, yes, yes. birthed the Harry Godmothers and we started doing Absolutely. fringe performances. Through that, which was dancing, dancing, acting, also seeing horsing as well. So, <clears throat> but it was also how do we bring topics that are at the forefront that maybe aren't always talked about? So, periods we, mm. we have one song that's all, all about like periods, and we have to talk about periods, yeah. or you know, what it means to be a man, or yeah. uh, you know, genital variety and celebrating <laughs> genital variety. So, like, there's oh, such an array of different so topics. Just think about food variety, that's a good one. Oh well, you might you might like our our next show. I don't know about here. Great. We might need to get your your expertise. We 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 have the thing is we have so many ideas for our group. Uh, But yeah, one of them is around around food. Okay. So we'll have a chat afterwards. (laughs) Off off screen. Fart. Fart varieties. There's another one. Yeah. My 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 kiddos would love that. There's well, this, what about kids show? Kids show, kids show. There is, yeah. Right. There's a there's a book. I, I can't can't not mention this. There's a Father Christmas book. Yeah. And um, it's to Old MacDonald, and it sings Old MacDonald. Uh, no, Old uh, Father Christmas heard a fart. <laughs> and it goes oh through God. all the different fart noises and how to make them with like trumpet sounds and. Wow! Okay, it's so funny. Educate yeah, kids yeah. on that. And that might be free at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Always gets well. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, yeah, off track. So back into so the, the dance, and then now you're going to try and merge that with this erotic blueprint. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that archetype type thing, I can see that really, yeah. Yeah, archetypes and elements uh, there. And then also, again, that can be an element of expanding mm. the blueprints, but also depending on which blueprint it is. So sensual, for example, one of the ways that you can expand it is getting into compact dance mm. or things like that, where it's very tactile and flowing or slow dancing with someone and having bodies closed. Yeah. So for some blueprints, it's already a way of feeding mm. the blueprint. For other people, it might be finding a, a new way of, of expanding into something yeah. different. So the healing aspect, too. Yeah. So it isn't fully mapped out yet, but yeah, you're starting to, to catch on to those threads. And they're all pointing to the same way. And sometimes movement, for some people, movement isn't easy access yeah. to embody new things. For some people, it really isn't, but it's a challenge that they want to give themselves yeah. and actually just even staying there. So in particular for energetics, who can get really overwhelmed by too much stimulus, mm. you know, 
their their idea might not necessarily be going in and being in the middle of the dance floor. It might actually just be turning up is, you know, yeah. is their and step observing. in. Mm. And observing is a step in, in expanding one of their blueprints. Yeah. So I think an important thing is to never compare yourself to other people mm. or when you're in those settings, especially in dance, uh, you don't need to compare yourself. It's fine where your natural edges and what you want to achieve mm. and then just focus on that because then you walk away going, cool, I did this, not, oh, my gosh, everyone's judging me because I was I didn't even dance. If, if a container is set up, and I, I like to hope that I, I create that space mm. for people to be like, non-judgment yeah it's about celebrating if that's where someone's age is then honor that um, yep. consent is a huge huge part of working in this realm yeah people need to feel yep. feel safe because then you're just creating oh. more trauma for people absolutely feel safe. meeting people where they are at versus where they should be or yeah. where people think they should be yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's incredible mm. so you know I, uh, acting as well on top of that brings all of this amazing and i'm i'm so excited to watch what you've got next in store and i, I actually want to come along to some of your workshops as amazing. well so yeah like sign me up to some of those i um i love the fact that you're doing it here there's there mm. is nothing like that here like you said so i'm really excited to see you be doing this and mm. what your experience brings into all of that so mm. thank you yeah. <laughs> so where can people find you find out more information mm -hmm. any workshops coming up that you've got you know live at the moment or yeah i do well i do have one in two days time but okay. that one has sold out so then i'm just mapping out uh where the next one will be because venue space is actually sometimes the, the hardest hardest um, part to actually find where people can relax and have like yeah. yoga equipment but then also a right, space where more a lecture style element comes in so yeah. i'm just networking with people yeah. at this point yeah. and we'll have another couple coming in like from june onwards awesome. will be a lot because i'm doing a vision quest in may of course you are <laughs> No, 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 so this is new for me. <laughs> People say to me, it's like, yeah, Jodie, of course you're, you're, you're loading yourself up more. I'm like, yeah, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> Just like always on the mission to challenge and create and have passion, which yeah. I think is a beautiful way of living, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, incredible. It keeps life exciting. Absolutely. So social media as well. Social media. Yeah, uh, yeah, so Jay West, so there is actually a page we've created now, so that's oh. the easiest way just to separate business from my personal stuff yeah. now so yeah j west is the page yeah. and then the website is um jwest.com yeah excellent amazing um and then all the people that i've mentioned so jay you can go to her her website as well yeah. um which again will be in my descriptions liberators is the liberators mm -hmm. international uh who else have i mentioned uh the hairy godmothers yes is on facebook show. as well yeah. Yeah. And I'm very sorry for forgetting you <laughs> We've talked about a lot, lot of things. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. 
please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.